Abundance of love, abundance of grace, down to that cross, you took my place, oh God, you paid my ransom, my ransom, your love, you give us abundant life. Abundant Life, Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people, now. Here's Pastor Scott. In Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 20, the Bible says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I want to preach to you this morning from a simple question. How is your life going? In America, silence is awkward. People are like, he stopped talking. I want you to consider that in a very real way today. Uh, I turned 60 last month. And I never thought I'd be this old. People, and, and I, please, if you don't want to lecture, don't, don't text me, call me, tell me, Pastor 60's the new 40. No, it's straight up 60. <laughs> you kid yourself if you want to. I'm 50 and fabulous. No, you're 50 and about to be 60. <laughs> you better get you an AARP card and a discount at the restaurant. Order off the IHOP 55-plus menu. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But I never thought I'd live to be this age, and I never thought that, that life would be what it is. And I don't think most people spend enough time taking real thought about how is your life going. I saw a man wearing a T-shirt one time. I thought, oh, Jesus, that's going to be me one day. I was young. He was old. He was big, swole out. Uh, that's code words for fat. And pastor, don't say fat. No, he knew he was fat. He had a T-shirt on that said, if I would have known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. Some of y'all young people can't get it. But I want you to think about this question, the title of our sermon, How Is Your Life Going? Pray with me. God, thank you so much for allowing us to be in your house today, God. I thank you for each person who's come. Lord, I pray right now that you'd give us ears to hear what you have to say. Father God, I pray that you would anoint me, my mouth and my mind, to say the things that would be sound doctrine, that would teach us what you would have us to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if nobody's told you, happy Labor Day weekend. Uh, I, I personally believe almost all holidays are a scam. You, you don't have to look any further than all these people claiming they have sales. Now, I messed around one time because Elder Jimmy's wife took a job at an overpriced clothing store called Jose, like that's a word. It's J-O-S, Jose. A bank. Anybody heard of this ridiculous store? You go in there and buy a pair of khaki pants. 
I, I literally, because I went in there, she, she, was, she was wanting to have a good first month, so I went in there and spent a lot of money and bought a lot of clothes, overpriced clothes. Uh, they're hanging in my closet. You can have them if you want them. Um, and so I started, they started mailing me letters and stuff, and every time there was anything close to a holiday, they'd have these big sales, and they would push it out on me. And it would be crazy stuff like buy one pair of pants, get three pair free. Check me if I'm lying. Buy one shirt, get three free. I'm like, oh, that's a scam. Anybody can see that coming. I went in there and I looked. A pair of khaki pants was $699. I asked the man, because they give you a personal shopping guide. This dude walking around with sugar in his tank, you know, going to dress me up pretty. And, and I asked him. I said, now I get it because I like numbers. I get it, this whole buy one, get three free. You're charging $700 for this pair of pants uh, for, because you, it, it, for four of them, right? So that's three, one, That's $175 a piece. That's still ridiculous. But I asked him, has anybody ever came in here? And off a sale and paid $700 for this pair of khaki pants that looked like I could have got them at JCPenney for $35.99? He said, every day. I'm like, man, ain't people ridiculous? Every time I go through an airport, I laugh. Look, next time you're in an airport, look at Brooks Brothers. Anybody ever heard of that store, Brooks Brothers? Oh, let me tell you why they put Brooks Brothers in airports. Because businessmen go through airports, and if you forgot... Your blue blazer, or your belt, or your shoes, or your socks. You, you want to go get a basic blue blazer, something that would cost you like 90 bucks at Men's Warehouse? It's $1,200 at Brooks Brothers. And they just walk in there and pay that. But these, I think most of these holidays are just made up, so we'll spend money. Um, you can't turn TV on right now without Labor Day special. Prices have never been lower. They jack the prices up, and then they lower them back down to even still more than they should have been. But that's enough of me raining on your parade. Happy Labor Day. A lot of people say Labor Day marks the end of summer. That's just not true. Last day of summer is the 22nd of September this month, but I know if you come from one of those states uh, where, where it's cold 11 months out of the year, um, then it, it probably is the last of summer for a lot of people. I was watching, uh, y'all, y'all know I love baseball. I'm a big Atlanta Braves fan, and I was watching. We had a series against San Francisco last month, and they played in Atlanta. And let me tell you something, August in Atlanta, because I, I went to several games in Atlanta last month, and sweltering hot, just brutal. I mean, imagine sitting in a chair around 40,000 people in the middle of the daytime in August. and It's just hot. The very next week, they played in San Francisco, and everybody in, in, in the stands had on hoodies, jackets, gloves, blankets. I'm like, man, San Francisco in August is brutal. Hey, once the sun goes down in Northern California, it gets cold at night all year round, but... Labor Day, like all these other holidays, tend to mean different things to different people. I think it's a scam. They're trying to 
trying to get money. But I looked into the origin of Labor Day. And it was started by the Labor Party when America became an industrialized nation in the early 1900s. Um, there was a lot of people that were pushing uh, for workers' rights and for respect for the working man, which is a great thing. And uh, they, they came up with this holiday to show love to the people that work. I, I want to tell you something. They're going to have to rename this day eventually. Mm, we might get into that a little bit later. Let me, let me tell you why I, I would think that. A new poll that came out two months ago by the Wall Street Journal said fewer Americans believe that hard work is a value that they should hold to than ever before in the history of our country. People don't want to work hard. They, they, they looked at several different dynamics, all of them historically low percentages. The, these are the things they asked. Do you value hard work, patriotism, freedom for religious faith, and uh, couples having children? And let, let me tell you, across all ages, historic lows. This, this, this isn't young people. This is across all ages. But, of course, young people came in much different than old people. Only 23% of Americans under 30 saw any value in patriotism, hard work, having kids, and free exercise of their religious faith. Let me tell you something. Every other country, they promote patriotism in every other country but America. You, you, think, you think I'm kidding? Go somewhere. Go, go, go to any other country than America. When I hear these people complaining, I've told y'all because I've traveled all over the world. When I hear people complaining about America, that signals to me they've never been outside of America. Uh, and I understand America's got a long way to go, but when I see all these women, uh, uh, LGBTQ, uh, screaming and hollering about how horrible it is to, to be a woman in America or to be gay in America or to be poor in America, I'm thinking, yeah, that's got its challenges for sure, but try that in Pakistan. They will hang you for that. Try that in Turkey. They'll throw you off a cliff. Try, try that in Istanbul. They'll put you in a cage and walk you out into the ocean and drop you down into the water where you can't move. So, I mean, if anybody ought to be glad for their country, it ought to be America where folk, you know, used to leave us alone and let us do what we do. Two people clap. They're over 50. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, they, listen, you, 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 wanna, you, you think everybody's not patriotic about their country? It just shows you haven't traveled, and you don't know any Hispanic people. Oh, don't, don't let Mexican Pride Day come up. Don't let Cinco de Mayo come hit you in the mouth. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It, it's, it's tacos and tequila time. It's sombrero and dance time. It, it, it's salsa and let's do it. To, listen, it's not just them. Por, Puerto Ricans, I don't, don't let Puerto Ricans have Pride Day because they, they're going to go all in. I mean, even Korea, even North Koreans, they all show up when uh, Kim Jong-un runs tanks down the middle of the street. Now, they make all those people do it. They'll shoot them if they don't. But America used to be a nation that worked hard, valued the right things, and I want to tell you something. 
Uh, if that day hasn't passed us by, it's quickly fading. And I, I, I really believe uh, the quote that President Reagan said many, many years ago when America was a different place. And put that on the screen for me. He, he said this, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on to them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where people were free. And that is happening before our very eyes. That is happening before our very eyes. 30 years ago, 60 years ago, 90 years ago, you couldn't have told parents that you could, the school board couldn't have stood up and told parents, we know how to raise your children better than you do. Don't you worry about what we're teaching them. No. Grandmama would have slapped them all down and drug everybody out of there and said, that's why my kids ain't going to your school. But we're, we're in a time where it is so encouraged to be a social justice warrior, so encouraged to be an activist, to, to fight the system, anarchy, to, to hate everything and complain about everything. Um, that, that's, that's why we as Christians, we need to stop letting pop culture, the media, social media, uh, and, and all these other forms that, that are fighting against us, we need to stop letting them divide us. We, we need to stand together for the cause of Christ. Hear me. In spite of our differences and our preferences, because we're not all the children of God by what political party we choose. We're not all the children of God by what re, uh, religious denomination we are. We're not all the children of God by our bank account. The Bible says in the book of Colossians, we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. That's red, yellow, black, white, Republican, Democrat, independent, rich, poor, educated, uneducated. We need to come together. Man, look at all these people just, just dominating us. Transgender people less, make up less than 0.001% of the 345 million people that live in America. But, man, I wouldn't know it watching the news. It's just on the news all the time. Laws being passed, uh, making up words. You know you never heard anybody say transphobic when you were a kid playing outside drinking out of a garden hose. <laughs> Made that word up. I'm on record. I'll tell you again. Ain't nobody scared of transsexual. It's transphobic. Swish washing sugar in your tank. Ain't nobody scared of you. Come on now. Xenophobic. People using that word on TV, they can't even spell it. I ain't sure I can spell it. But America is changing. Can five people say amen? It's a brainwashing effort. It's not happening uh, just, just by chance. It is purposeful. It is purposeful. We, we got the, these people. Uh, man, I don't know if y'all seen all these people lining up streets, blocking off traffic. Listen, don't lay down on the road in front of me. I got places to be. But the brainwashing from the public education system to the social media. Listen, I believe one of the biggest 
problems that we're having and why the mindset has changed. Your grandparents didn't raise you to cuss out authority and lay down in streets and block working people from going to work. Your granddaddy would have told you, get up and act right. But they didn't have TikTok. They didn't have TikTok. And if you don't think TikTok is a purposeful brainwashing of American young people, then you are asleep at the wheel. I'll just give you a couple of facts. We're going to get into the word. Don't worry, religious person. We're going to get into it. TikTok comes out of China. And in China, they have different algorithms for their people to watch it than ours. Their people are flooded with how great China is, national pride for China, patriotism, how bad the rest of the world is. But the American algorithm that they flood our uh, Internet with is totally different. It's about, all about anarchy, social justice, racial hatred, division, trying to make everybody feel like you're oppressed. Listen, let me tell you something. Lots of people are oppressed, and America's got a long way to go in a lot of different areas. But we're still the freest country on the planet right now. We still get to do what we want to do for the most part. It's so bad that China turns TikTok off. I can't remember if it's 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. They turn it off at night so their children won't stay up watching it and pollute their minds. And they don't even have the same TikTok we've got, which is vulgar uh, and, 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 and a brainwashing attempt. Listen, they know it's no good for their kids, but they're pumping it into our kids. Some, some of you wonder what, what's TikTok. It, it's, a, it's a social media platform that has little, little short clips, less than a minute. Uh, and, and kids just lay there and watch two, three hundred of them, back to back to back to back. Kids have always had a short attention span, but have you seen any of these young people today? <laughs> Man, you, you can't hold their attention for, for, for more than a minute. That's why all these social media platforms have gone to it, and they just get sound bites, sound bites, sound bites. Listen, if someone stood in the background, they had to outlaw movie theaters from doing this. Some of y'all don't know about this. How, how many of y'all uh, remember when, when they said movie theaters can't use subliminal suggestion anymore? They'd be showing all those trailers before the movie started, and they would show... Uh, they would put little screens in there, flicker screens that the human eye wouldn't uh, recognize, but it was there. Go buy popcorn. Go buy drinks. You're hungry. If you had somebody whispering in the back of your ear something all day long, go clean your room. Go clean your room. Go clean your room. Eventually, you'd be like, I feel like I need to clean my room. <laughs> That's why you ought to have the Word of God playing in your house. That's why you ought to read the book. That's why you ought to listen to the Spirit of God so that you can get something inside you that is better for you than what the world is delivering. Let's get into this text this morning. I want to be a little teachy this morning. Take these four verses, teach them, get you out of here early. Listen to what verse 20 says. My child, comma. I've been telling you for years that if you want to have good comprehension when you read, you must pay attention to the punctuation. You got to look at the punctuation. A comma is cause for what? Pause. You got to stop and my child. So this is talking to a certain group of people, but not to everybody. And as children of God, this is relevant to us. So if you call yourself in any way a child of God, 
this passage is for you. It goes on to say, pay attention to what I say, period. I thank God. Uh, if, if you know my sons, I've had a lifetime of people saying, Pastor, your sons must be scared to death. They don't move. They don't fidget. They don't talk. Uh, they, they just sit there and do exactly what they're told all the time. You must beat the skin off them. Um, so I did some, but mostly they're just compliant kids. They just they, they, they knew their dad was upset, sad, depressed about their mom dying, and they just always tried to make my life easier. I never had to do to them what my mama did to me. Uh, and it's, Hey, if she did that today, she'd be in prison. Bats, golf clubs, extension cords, coat hangers, well, it didn't matter. But I was hard-headed and I deserved it. And, and, and people, she used to have to tell me, listen to what I'm saying. I never had to scream at my kids and say, listen to what I'm saying. But God has to scream at his. Why? Because we're not compliant. Because we don't love him enough. If you love your father, you want to make your father's life easier. If you love your father, you want, you want your father to be proud of you. If you love your father. Now, now, you got these kids growing up today. I, I've told you about them. It's, it's just so hilarious to me. I, I see these uh, kids on social media. 12, 13-year-old kid, pants sagging down, gun in his waistband, grill in his mouth. I ain't going to be disaffected. Bring that one more time, Ray Ray. Ain't nobody about to disrespect me. That's why I stay strapped. What you need to do is stay, stay, stay in school and learn how to say disrespected. That would have never flown in the old days. Somebody right, listen, everybody in the neighborhood used to beat everybody else's children. What about disrespect? They're walking around disrespecting grown folk. People don't listen. See, when noise becomes so loud, you just drown it out. It just is, it's, it's like if you've ever lived in the city. I'm talking about a big city, not Jacksonville. I'm talking about if you ever lived in New York, New Jersey, if you lived in Chicago, Dallas, if you lived in, a, in the heart of a city. Trains going by your house all the time. Well, we don't even have to go all the way up there. Uh, rednecks on the west side of Jacksonville live off the train tracks on Beaver Street. I got family over there. And uh, I'd be like, how can y'all live with that shaking the house, cupboards rattling, dishes rattling? And they all say the same thing. Oh, I don't even pay attention to it. I'm used to it. I don't even notice it. I grew, I grew up on the west side of Jacksonville. Um, and Gail and I used to live out of uh, in, in the White House area of Jacksonville, and there was a touch-and-go landing strip there. I don't know if y'all know what that is. It, it's, a, it's a short piece of runway where the Navy would bring these big, loud jets and just come down, boom, and go boom back up. So it was like... <laughs> and it's a, some of y'all remember, we, we'd be on the phone and be like, hold on. All right, man, that's just the sound of freedom. Jet's flying. But people that are around it all the time tune it out. And they don't even notice it anymore. The media voices are screaming so loud at us 
It just is all a blur. And we don't listen carefully to anything anymore. But God says we need to listen carefully to my words. One of the ways you can tell are you being the child of God that you ought to be? How much time do you spend listening to God's word? I'm not talking about on television um, because most of those people are liars. Most of those people have horrible theology. Most of them are just in it for what they can get out of it. They're not not prophesying. They're prophet lying. They're not prophets for God. They're prophets for profit. And, And listen, if you watch some liar on TV supposedly preaching about God, and he spends 29 minutes begging for money so he can stay on the air to beg for money to stay on the air to beg, shut it down. If we don't get $3 million dollars, By the end of today, we are going to have to cease to exist. Hallelujah. Cease on. I'm not talking about TV preaching. Listen, if you put a real preacher on TV, nobody would watch it. It's like if you put a real grandmother in somebody's house, they'd run her out. I'm talking about a grandmama on her knees. I'm talking about a grandmama who would tell you, you ain't doing that in my house, child. They they would be like, I ain't got time to hear that. I'm not talking about listening to TV preaching. I'm talking about listening to God's word, hearing it in your mouth, getting it down into your spirit. We are commanded by God to pay attention and listen. Whew, I thank God I didn't have to. I see some of y'all tell your child something five times. I never had to tell my children five times anything. And, and, and it wasn't because of any other factors. They were just easy. I was blessed that way. Some of y'all got these strong-willed children. I understand that. I pray for you. You got to tell them, pay attention five times. My, my mama taught me how to throw that look. You, you, you tell somebody to do something and, and they grunt. Gr- oh, there's movement going on now. The Becker house is in one accord for sure. <laughs> but there's a lack of people who are paying attention to what God says. We know more about what celebrities say than we know about what God say. We know more about, uh, we, we can quote more songs. People are like, well, Pastor, I just don't have a good memory. I could pull out any song right now, say three words out of it, you sing the whole thing. It's not a memory problem. It's a paying attention problem. It's a listening problem. And we need to learn how to listen carefully to God's word. For some of y'all, that means you're going to have to get off the Internet. Every now and then. Put your, put your technology down. Turn the channel off. Listen, if you sit around and, and, and listen to Fox News, CNN, I don't care who it is, any of them, your mind is going to be corrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which news can we listen to? The news in the Bible. Because everybody else is pushing a narrative. Everybody else is, is, is trying to sell copy. We need to learn how to do what God said. And, and he said this for his children. Listen, God's got a different idea about how his children ought to live than how everybody else ought to live. If you've ever been a parent, I can tell you this. My, I, hey, I can't, I can't do to your kids what I can do to mine. You wouldn't appreciate it. And I wouldn't put the energy into it. But I, I'm, I'm particular about my kids. And if you are truly a child of God, he has commanded us to pay attention to what he says. Listen, care. My mom, oh, man, y'all pray for my mom. I put her through so much. I, I, I've repented and repented and apologized. I, I, I didn't listen. 
and she would say she would say normal parenting stuff like, "I'm not talking just to hear myself talk." And I just sit there and think, "Well, I don't know why you're talking, but I ain't listening anyhow." <laughs> hear me good. I was a bad child. I didn't listen. I didn't pay attention. Some of y'all might have been that. Some of y'all might not have been. Some of y'all might have been uh, the, the, the black sheep of the family. Some of y'all might have been the kiss-up or, or the good kid, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to life, in the kingdom of God, there is no room for bad children. God, God, God is not raising up bad children. God is looking for good children that pay attention to what he says and listen carefully to my words. I, I challenge you to do this. Go home today, tomorrow, tonight, sometime, and just take out a piece of paper and pencil. Well, y'all couldn't find that. To open up a Word doc on, on your technology. <laughs> open up notes on your phone. And just try to sit down and write out 20 scriptures that you know from memory. Aha. Well, Pastor, my memory's not. Uh, you could write out 20 songs that you know. If I said name 20 recording artists, you know that. It's hilarious. I saw a thing on TV or on, on, on the Internet. This man was going out, and he was asking people, um, who's the first president of the United States? Uh, just random questions that people ought to know the answer to. And, and obviously he added it. He found the people, that, you know, that, that looked the dumbest and show, showed them just no clue, no clue, no clue, no clue. Uh, who fought in the Revolutionary War? No clue. Who fought in the Civil War? No clue. Um, and, and then he asked them, uh, how many Kardashians can you name? Oh, Kim, Chloe. Uh, what's the other one's name? See? A deacon in the Lord's church. I'm going to give you a shot right now. Other than my sister, because she's been hearing me do this for 42 years. Uh, is there anybody in the room that without a doubt, you can name all 12 of the Lord's disciples. Just by first name. People can name all the Kardashians. If I say Drake, I don't have to put any context to that. If I say Taylor Swift, you sure know who that is. If I say Jay-Z and Beyonce... Simon Peter Andrew, James's brother John, Philip Thomas Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, uh, Thaddeus Simon Judas, and Bartholomew are the twelve disciples. Why? Why don't? Why do people know who the Kardashians are, but they don't know who the apostles are? I'll tell you why. Because we don't pay attention. We don't listen carefully. It's not just listen. It's listen carefully. I don't have time to get into that, but study it for yourself. Verse twenty-one says. Don't lose sight of them. Now, some of y'all have been around for a while, and you understand my teaching style. You know where I'm about to go right now, and you got the answer already on lock. Why would God tell his children not to lose sight of what he says? Because we do. We do. 
It's just like bad kids in the natural. There's bad kids in the spirit realm. Parents tell you all this. Listen, I don't want you going out there. Don't be going to these parties where there's drinking and drug use because you're going to get in trouble. And the kid's like, yes, ma'am. And then guess what they do? Right into it. Now, don't be hanging out with them kids over there on 3rd Street because they ain't no good coming out of there. Yes, ma'am. Right off to what? They, they lose sight of what they've just been told. But God goes deeper and he says, let them. Now, when he's talking about them, he's talking about his words, his commandments. He, he says, let them penetrate deep into your heart. Let them penetrate deep. That, that's not casual. That's intentional. That, that's not uh, take it or leave it. That is devotion. When you begin to read the Word of God, that's awesome. When you begin to study the Word of God, that's even better. When you begin to get it so deep inside you that it starts living out of you, that's where you want to be. Let these commandments, let God's Word penetrate deep into your heart. I'm here to tell you something this morning. That ain't easy. It's not easy. Why? Because... Well, we're busy, Pastor. Uh, man, come on now. You ain't, you ain't that busy. Everybody's busy in their mind, but you, you're not so busy that you can't obey God. You've you, you got to set aside some time to focus, to listen, to hear, uh, to dig in to what God says. Now, I understand as a parent what I didn't understand as a child in the natural because I was one of those kids. I, I literally believed that everything my mama tried to keep me from doing uh, was, was the same reason. I hear kids say it today. Par- parents tell their kids, don't do this, that, that. You hate me. You hate all my friends. You just don't want me to have any fun. Why do I have to come home at 3 o'clock in the morning? Ray Ray stays out all night. If you let your children stay out to 3 o'clock in the morning, don't be shocked when on the front page of the newspaper. But parents don't give their children instruction because they hate you. They don't give you instruction because they don't want you to have any fun. They don't, it's not because they want to destroy your life. They're trying to, hear me good, help you. And the reason God gives us instruction is not to kill off our joy. It's to instruct us for our, hear me, Good. Wise advice will help you, and it's for your betterment. So we got to make sure, listen, and this is to everybody in the room, from, from the most spiritual to, to, to the most sinful. If you're a child of God, uh, you got to work hard to not forget what God said. I, I don't have to go any further than, than this simple uh, Analogy right here, this, this simple story right here. You can come to church and just get your mind totally right with God. You can be in your quiet room and you be in your prayer closet and you just get so saturated in the spirit. You just, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You just, oh, God showed me and you're just so filled up on Jesus. And then you get in your car and you, and you pull out the driveway and get on 103rd Street. You know what these people, I'm, listen, the devil knows how to get you. Sally knows how to get me. 
Some things bother you that don't bother me. Some things bother me that you just think is ridiculous. But let me tell you something. If you cut me off in traffic and then shoot me a bird and honk at me, you have my attention. And I got to pray, Lord Jesus, help me not to wreck into these fools right now. I don't even know what movie it is. I saw a clip from it. I didn't see the movie. But they showed this, this, this two young girls in a convertible. The, 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 lady was, the old lady was waiting in her station wagon to turn into a park. Had a blinker on there. You know when somebody puts a blinker on to turn into a parking spot, they are serious about it. So as the car was moving out of the way, these two young girls, whoop. Now let me tell you, I, you got my attention if you do that to me. Um, but the lady rolled her window down and screamed at him, and they said, face it. We're just younger, better looking, and faster than you are. That's horrible to say to an old woman. So guess what she did? She stomped on the gas pedal, crushed into their car, and she said, I'm richer and I got better insurance than you do. (laughs) I don't know why that's stuck in my mind, but every time one of these 103rd people cut me off and then scream at me like I did something wrong. I'm thinking, man, I ain't had a ticket since 1995. I'm old. Got good credit. They might not even raise my, I ain't filed a car claim. They might not even raise my rates. I just plow you off in a ditch. You're like, Pastor, you need need to calm down. Well, the enemy knows how to wire us up. Some of y'all is through your children, your spouse, your significant other. Some of y'all is through news. I don't know what gets you, but let me tell you this today. The devil knows what gets you, and it's going to keep coming. He's going to try to make you lose sight of what God just said to you. He's going to try to make you lose sight of all that confession. I love the Lord. He's going to try to make you lose sight of all spiritual things. And I don't know what it is. Some, some of y'all men, see, God, it, God, God done delivered me. Uh, pe- people are always snooping around by my business. I, I wonder, you know, pa- pa- pastor, wife been dead a long time. I, I, I want, who pastor Dayton? <laughs> pastor Dayton, the same woman he was dating last month. And the same woman he was dating last year. And the same woman he was dating five years ago. He dating the same woman he was dating ten years ago. Y'all know who that is? Nobody. That ain't my issue. You, you hear somebody say, Pastor plowed somebody off into, the, into a street pole on 103rd Street. You just, well, pray for him. You know, he ain't perfect. He got issues. I've always been honest about that. I'm not the standard. Jesus is the standard. You hear somebody say, Pastor done run off with some floozy. Uh, you knew that's a lie. Like, that ain't even in his mind. He, he, he's old and got a bad back and a bad neck. Listen, uh-uh. No, I, hey, trust me on this. I, I, I'm too old and I got way too much money to let one of these skanks sneak me. I ain't having it. But some of you men, wow. 
You let any breathing human being, any, any half a female walk past you and you're like, I got a buddy of mine. We go to lunch every now and then, and he, he's, he's one of those. And I have to tell him, because, I mean, he's just, the whole time, every restaurant, he's just scanning. For, he, if, if she, she don't even have to look good. She, she just has to look like she might be a female. Oh, you can't tell these days. Some of you, bro, if that's, if that's your issue, or as Medea says, that's your issue, you better recognize it. Because what gets you don't get me. What gets me don't get you. But we've all got something that just drives us batty. And the enemy knows what it is. And that's why it's not easy to not lose sight of God's words. It's not easy to have them deep in your heart. It takes effort. Say effort. Verse 22 says, for they, now the they it's talking about is God's word. God's word Bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. We got to stop looking at God's word as something that's hard to read. I love what somebody said one time in response to, well, you know, the Bible's hard to understand. The old preacher said, you fall in love with the author, it'll get easier. You fall in love with God, understanding his word will get easier. But we got to stop thinking that the Bible is some old, out-of-date, archaic, hard-to-understand book, and we need to realize these words will bring life, and they will bring healing. If you don't hear anything I'm saying today, I want to tell you this. If you begin to carefully, diligently, purposefully study the Word of God, your life will go up, your health will go up, and your quality of joy will grow up because God's Word brings life. And healing. I said all that up to get to verse 23. This is the verse I want you to think about today, tomorrow, for the rest of your life. Guard your heart above all else. Come. Don't just keep reading. That's why people, and you know it, I've been there, you've been there. If you ever read the Bible, you read through the whole chapter of the Bible and then think, what did I just read? What did I say? I don't know, but I read it. Yeah, we, we, were, we were poisoned to do that as children. I, I wasn't even saved going to church as a kid. But, man, I'm going to tell you something. That little red Bible y'all see me bring in here, uh, uh, when I talk about my salvation, you better believe I was carrying my Bible to church as a lost person. Why? Because they made us fill out them little envelopes. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Bible brought. Check. Bible read daily. Check. Offering brought. Check. <laughs> reading the Bible just to check a box. Read, reading the Bible just to say you did it. Listen, you got to slow it down. You got to pay attention to the punctuation. It'll perfect your comprehension. Guard your heart above all else. Now, I believe every word of God ought to be studied, ought to be taken uh, uh and obeyed. I believe every word of God is valuable. Uh, it's all perfect. It, it's all true. But your antenna ought to peak up when you hear God say something like, above all else. Or finally. Finally. Listen, when God says finally, he's about to 
bring it all together. He's about to, for all of you just said, he's about to tie a bow on it and make it understandable. Uh, how many of y'all know what the preacher means when he says finally? Nothing. That's like when he says, I'm, I'm closing now. What did the preacher mean when he says, I'm closing now? Nothing. Another, another 20 minutes coming straight at you. But when you see stuff like that in the Bible, do something above all else, you got, you got, to, you got to perk up your antenna, and you got to see God said, guard your heart. Now, when the Bible talks about heart in this context, it's not talking about that organ pumping blood in your chest, um, you, you got to understand, it, it's talking about who we are on the inside. It's, it's our mind, it's our emotion, it's our will. Some of y'all are like, I, I don't understand what you're saying, Pastor. Uh, you, you, ever, you ever had somebody break your heart? They didn't break your heart. Your heart is still pumping. They broke you on the inside. They broke your emotions. They broke your mind. Um, ever, ever heard somebody say, well, I'm just heart sick. Their heart ain't sick. They can go to any doctor they want to. Heart is fine. It's what's on the inside. When God uses this context to talk about your heart, he's talking about what's on the inside. Say inside. Guard what you got inside you above everything else, above family, above money, above hobbies, above work, above all these different things. I I, I feel uh, neglectful if I don't remind you that, listen, for men, this, this is indisputable. Now, are there exceptions? Of course. But stop trying to pick an exception to make the rule. The, the, across the board, universally, men are driven. Men uh, receive their self-worth and sense of value and who they are from work, respect, and money. So if you're a man, you need to guard your heart above your work, Above your respect and above your money. Now, women, that's, they're, not, they're not wired up the same way. And that's why you need to quit reading all these stupid books. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. How to understand your respect. You ain't about to understand no woman. And you ain't about to understand no man. You need to guard your heart and pray God guards their heart. You, you, we, we've, women, are they get all those values from family and relationships. So, men, listen. You better guard your heart above your job, above your need for respect, above your finances. Women, you better guard your heart above your, your family, your relationships. Boy, there ain't no greater display of that. Let a woman get around. I don't even know if it has to be hers, but especially let a woman get around her grandbaby. The whole world stops. The whole world stops. They all think their grandchildren are cute. I come to tell you, not all of them. Be glad you're not the pastor. Call me over. I know it's your brand new baby. Pastor, she's so beautiful. I want you to come pray for her. Amen. I'm on my way. Hold, hold, hold her, Pastor. Is her head going to go down? The cross-eyed run in your family? (laughs) 
Well, grandmother love, it can't be stopped. <laughs> Different things will try to attack your heart. And you need to know who you are. It's the first generation of people. And, and I, I see it. I, 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 have a, uh, I have a degree in theology. I have a minor in psychology. Uh, I do, do a lot of psychological research. And uh, hear it all the time. People 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. Well, I'm just trying to find myself. If you can't find you, goodness sake, don't ever go on vacation. You'll be lost from junk. <laughs> trying to find myself. Mm. Don't know who I am. You need to know who you are. And if you're a Christian, you need to know who you are in Christ. And you need to live out your faith. God said, guard your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. I asked you, how's your life going? If your life ain't going the way it should be going according to Christ, you're not doing a good job guarding your heart. Let me Think, think about that word guard. In, in, in the Greek, it means to watch, guard from danger, to keep, to preserve, uh, or to blockade. Oh, I like that word blockade. You, you, you ought to have blockades set up around you that people can't bother you. Pastor so-and-so is driving me crazy. Put a blockade up right there. Yeah, keep them off you. Be, be, done with, be done with all those things that are tearing you up. Guard your heart. I want to tell you this. You only guard what's valuable. And you only guard what others want to steal. Here it is, and we're going to be done for real. John 10, 10. Uh, we named our, our church off uh, the concept of this verse. The thief, that's talking about the devil, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the devil's M.O. right there. That's what the devil wants. He wants to, he wants to show up and, and steal what you got. He wants to kill what you got. He wants to destroy what you got. He wants to kill your faith. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to destroy your state of mind. He only comes to do these three things. And then Jesus shows the contrast. I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I want to tell you something. God's plan for your life is a good plan, and it'll give you a better life. I want to, I want to close uh, by referencing the Shema. Uh, the Shema. Now, that's a Hebrew word, and it means here. And it was central to the faith of God's people from the beginning. When Moses stood up and said, hear, O Israel, and he delivered to them what God wanted them to know. Uh, I, I got it on the screen in a different, it doesn't say here, it says listen, but that word Shema. And here's the thing, every child needed to be able to recite the Shema. They said it daily, three times a day in prayer, the whole thing. Now, I don't know. If anybody in this room uh, can, can quote all, just this portion of it that we're going to look at, these four verses, he, he said, listen, O Israel. Now, this is foundational to our following Jehovah, the Lord our God. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You need to understand there's only one real God. You need to quit getting your theology from Oprah, Dr. Phil, and whoever else you're getting it from. 
Um, I ain't got no beef against Oprah. I, I think her story is impressive and, and just, you know, amazing what, what, what she was able to do in the natural. But you can YouTube a video clip. Oprah says there can't be one way to God. Some decent woman stood up and said, Jesus is the only way to God. Oprah said, well, that's just silly. There can't only be one way to God. There's lots of ways. There's lots of gods. Your God might be this and so And I'm thinking, that's, that's what America's getting pumped into their brain. And you're like, well, why are you single out Oprah? I ain't got no heat against Oprah, but she's one of the most influential voices in America and the world today. She's not believing the Shema. Do you believe it? That there's only one God. Verse 6 says, and, what's and mean, church? There's more. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. I'm not going to take time to talk about your soul and your strength, but he starts off with heart. And because we're a Bible teaching church, and we study a lot on hermeneutics, the art and science of properly interpreting Scripture, we understand the law of priority listing. What, what, what's the law of priority listing mean, church? First ingredient, what comes first is most important. That's typically, every time the 12 apostles are named, the first four are always the first four, and the last four are always the last four. That's, that's a priority listing. You look on the back of a, a pack of circus peanuts, which, whoo, that's joy in your mouth. You look on the back of a bag of circus peanuts, the first ingredient is not vitamins, minerals, and, uh, and, and, and Brussels sprouts. So I wouldn't eat it. But what's the first ingredient on the back of a pack of circus peanuts, jelly beans, or any kind of candy? Sugar. Why? Law of priority listing. What's the first thing? He said, he said, your heart, your soul, and your strength. Which one came first? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now, I already told you that's not your blood-pumping organ. That's what's on the inside of you. You've got to love God with your everything. Man, I, I grew up on ghetto wisdom. I grew up listening to old men tell stories. And there's, a lot, there's, there, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good ghetto wisdom out there, but it, this, this, this new generation, they, they, they've just come up with ridiculous things to say. They used to say, I'm going to keep it 100. Some of y'all know what that means. Listen, 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 hear me good, white people. By the time white people figured it out, the, the street's gone on to some new lingo. Even, even if you're black in here. Listen, by the time adults figured out, kids can jump to something else. Find me somebody on the 30 on Facebook. I'm going to show you a, a, a nerd and an outcast. They don't do Facebook. Well, they do. IG, Snap, whatever. They'll be doing something. Let, let three old people start doing Instagram. They'll create a whole new deal. Let, let, let five old people get on TikTok. They'll shut that thing down like MySpace closed up. Listen, if, if you remember that ding, you've got, you old. <laughs> they ain't even trying to keep it a hundred no more. I'm going to keep it a buck. A buck? A buck of what? <laughs> People make all these sayings. They make all these statements. Um. That, that's my ride or die. Yeah, until you get mad at them. 
uh, I'm all in. Uh, yeah, until it don't go your way. No, when it comes to God's children loving him, you got to keep it 100. You got to stay all in. You got to be all the time, day in, day out. God is not interested in, he, he's not accepting part-time lovers. He didn't send his son to the cross to get beaten, stripped naked, bleed and die so we could give God a little bit of our time every now and then. He gave everything he had and he expects it all back. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. This, 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 this Shema, this, this central uh, uh, doctrine of, of the people of God's faith is so influential that when Jesus was asked in the New Testament, what is the most important commandment? Boom, he went right to that. Because that's what everybody knew. See, now, you know, churches talk about love God, love people. Now, churches talk about uh, to know him and make him known. They got all these slogans, all these cliches, but... They, they had the Shema back in the day. You know, what's, your, what, what's your church about? Boom. Deuteronomy 6. What, 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 what's, what's, your, what, what's your faith about? Boom. Deuteronomy 6. He said, you got to love God. There's only one God, and you got to love him with your everything. Verse 6 says, and. What's and mean, church? There's more. Woo, it's already been enough, but there's more. You must. You must. You must. It's not optional. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Whew, I'm going to tell you what. you ever find a wholehearted Christian, you're going to think they're weird. You're going to think they're crazy. Oh, well, yeah. she, she's just too heavenly-minded to be any. Or listen, ain't nobody too heavenly-minded. Oh, here come Miss Holy Roller, Miss Holier Than Now. She's not holier than now. She's just holier than you, and you don't like it. God told Jeremiah, you can only find me when you search for me with your whole heart. That's, well, that's why people say, well, I tried the Lord, and it didn't work out. You don't try the Lord. This ain't a pair of khakis at Jose Bank. You wholeheartedly follow the Lord. He said, you must do that. Then verse 7, last verse of the day. Come on, Vic. Repeat them again and again to your children. Mm. Well, Pastor, my children don't want to hear Scripture. But they don't want to brush their teeth at night either. But you make them do it. I remember the first time Gail and I ever babysat uh, children together. We, we were couples minister in a, in a large church, and this family, uh, we were real close to them, and they had a, a young son and a young daughter. They had to go out of town for business. They asked if we could stay at their house for a couple of days and watch their kids. When a girl was older, thank God she was there because she was doing a better job than we were. <laughs> we ain't never had kids. We ain't know nothing about kids. They gave us a list, though, because the parents knew these kids. Make sure Junior takes a shower. Okay. Hey, Junior, getting late, man. Don't take that shower. Let's start getting ready for bed. He comes back out. Dripping wet, towel on. I took my shower. His sister said, did you use soap? 
That's how the average Christian today is following the Lord. Talking about I took my shower. Did you use soap? You following God? Or, 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 or are you doing it wholeheartedly? It don't matter if your children want to use soap or not. You make them. You need to, you need to tell and retell the words of God to your children. You need to tell them to yourself. I like, what the, I like what the one woman said. She said, it ain't bad to talk to yourself, but it's a little sketchy when you answer yourself. <laughs> you ought to speak the word of God to yourself. Just walk around the house saying, thank you, Jesus. Walk around the house saying, God is good. You get the, you get the woo-woos on you. You, you just say the, the, the blood of Jesus is against you. Hear yourself say the word of God. This is foundational to our faith. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. That's all the time. You ought to have God's word in your mouth in the morning. I told y'all, stop touching your feet to the floor without saying thank you, Jesus. God opens up your eyes. See, See, I ain't, there, I ain't there yet, but we, we used to have an older man in our church, and he, he was up on 80, and every time he'd have a testimony, he'd always say the same thing. He'd say, well, any day my eyes open, any day above ground is a good day for me. He meant that with his heart. And we need, we need to say good morning to God before we even get out of bed. And the last thing we ought to do is tell God we love him. When you get up, when you go to bed, talk about well, everybody don't want to hear it all the time. Who are you trying to please? Your heavenly father or everybody? We are commanded to do these things. So there's four action steps that, that, that I see here that, that we need to start being serious about. Number one, listen to God's word. It's so easy to do it now with technology. You got all these apps out there. You get the Bible on audio. It only takes 72 hours to listen on audio to the whole Bible. And that's reading it slow. You could read the whole Bible at a normal reading pace in less than 60 hours. But you can listen to it, have it play, listen to the Word of God, read the Word of God, put your eyes on the Word of God. I told you so many times, people are like, well, I don't know that I've ever heard the voice of God. What does God sound like? I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you one more time till tomorrow. Here's what God sounds like. Turn those pages in your Bible. That's what God sounds like. God sounds like these words right here. Sure, God can talk to you in your spirit. Sure, God can give you dreams and visions. Sure, God can you. But the Bible says God used to talk to us through prophets, but now he speaks to us through his son. You need to hear the word of the Lord. Number two, love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Quit half-stepping. Man, I, I got wide-eyed. I, I went to uh, seventh grade at James Weldon Johnson downtown on Kings Road, past the post office. And because back in the, in the uh, early 70s, uh, Jacksonville was experimenting with busing. And they bust us out of our nice little overpriced subdivision all the way down right in the middle of it. And I was like, whoo, man. They, 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 I, I got a lifetime education in seventh grade. And we had a coach. He didn't say coach. He said coach. 
And it didn't matter what sport was being played because he coached everything. And we'd be out there doing stuff, and he'd go, step it up, step it up, get busy. I ain't got no time for no scragglers. You ain't going to be out here scraggling. Scraggling? Scragglers? I had to look that up. I could tell by the context what he meant. Be out here half-stepping. He went out there trying to train half-steppers. He was trying to train champions. He was trying to, and, and listen, God wants you to really, really love him with everything. Third thing, commit yourself wholeheartedly to God's commands. The Bible says God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him in Hebrews 11 and 6. You don't qualify for God's reward unless you are diligently seeking him. Well, I come to church as much as I can. I read my Bible when I can. I give a little in the offering when I can. No, 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 no. Commit yourself wholeheartedly to God's command. Well, that's not going to leave me time for X, Y, and Z. Well, what do you really love the most? That's the question. You always have time for what you value. And last, talk about word, God's word constantly. We close with this last piece. Many of you heard it before. But it just blows me back. I see it all the time. And, you know, when you're looking for something, you see it. If, if you look for evil, you'll find it. If, if you look for, uh, for racism on any level, you'll find it. I see these Asians talking about we just had a whole month dedicated to anti-Asian hate. I'm like, I ain't never met a person that hated it. What are we talking about here? Asian ain't got no heat. Make more money than everybody else in the country. The highest paid group of people in America, Asians, go, go further in college than anybody else. But, I mean, if, if you look for discrimination, you'll, whatever you look for, you'll see it. And I see this all the time. I'll be in a bank, standing in line, thinking, come on, people. It don't take all day to count that money. And somebody up front will sneeze. Somebody from three people, God bless you, gas pump. Somebody be pumping gas, minding their business. Got a whole big old tower between them. Sneeze. Somebody stop pumping their gas, peek their head around. God bless you. Why we got to sneeze in America to tell somebody God bless you? Well, well, I'm not comfortable talking about God to other people. Man, you better get comfortable. You better make it your life. Because I'm telling you this, the world is comfortable talking to them. The enemy is comfortable talking to them. And if you claim to be born again, if you claim you know the only way there is to have a real relationship with God, you ought to take it as your personal mission to help other people and to tell other people. Because the Bible says if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. Start talking about God's word. Listen. If, if they're if they not rolling their eyes when you walk into the break room, oh, here she comes. Oh, there he go. Y'all, y'all, here comes the preacher. No, that, that's, not the, that's just a Christian. It, it, it's not unusual. You see, you see somebody walking, walking in a place with their grandchild in their arms. It's, nobody gets freaked out when they're happy to show off their grandchildren. You ask a, a, a grandfather pull out his wallet. Ain't nobody keep pictures anymore, man. They pull out his wallet and show you 40 pictures of his children. 
They're not shy or embarrassed about that. Why? Because they love those people. Talk about what you love. The Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. If you love him, you'll start talking about him. And if you'll start talking about him, you'll love him more. And if you keep talking about him, you'll love him even more. And then you'll start searching him and his word, and he'll begin to reward you. We are accessing so little of God's provision for us as his children. Mostly because we won't get out of our own way. We love to blame everybody else. We love to blame anybody else. Uh, it's, it's, stop being so political. None of them have the answer. Jesus had the answer. Every time uh, there was a mass shooting or a shooting, when Donald Trump was the president, they would say it's because we have a racist president pushing a racist agenda. Now we got Joe Biden as the president. Every time somebody gets shot, they're like, well, you know, America's got a gun problem. None of these people are telling the truth. We need to stop quoting what we hear other people say and start quoting what we hear God say. It'll make your life better. It'll give you a better quality of life and healing on the inside. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. God, I thank you that there are still people on this planet believing in you. And we declare in response to your question, when you come back, will there be any faith in the world? We still have faith in you. We believe in you. We believe in your son, Jesus Christ. We believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as the only way to salvation. And we thank you, God, for giving us your spirit. And we ask you to lead us and guide us and help us to obey you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the ALCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at alcfnow.com. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to alcfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.